0: Hello, hello and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together on Wednesday the 18th of December 2019. We're nearing the end of the decade and uh, we're well in the middle of all the panto fun. I don't know about you, I am. Uh, I've just come home now from seeing the panto at the Kings in Glasgow, so a big hello to Johnny Mack and Johnny Watson and various other people really involved in that. Um, great show, so fun. I was, I was in the second row of the stalls, I don't know, I think there was one available seat when I went to buy it and I just bought, So I like, I'll go, I'll go to the things on my own because I prefer then, I don't have to worry about what, you know, if, if I bring someone in, are they enjoying it and is everyone okay and, uh, you know, all that stuff. I just go, so I went, I had dinner on my own, went to the show on my own, had a great time, Um, I even managed to get a wave to Johnny because I was honestly a few feet away from him. Because uh, there I was like a little little fanboy in row B of the stalls, <laughs> so it was great, I had so much fun, Um, so I'm very cheery right now because I've just come back from Panto and I saw the Tron Panto last week with Sally Reid, Cinderfella, T- tremendous show, I mean completely different from The Kings, absolutely brilliant, a big or steal a ticket for either but I mean... The chances of getting tickets for any of them now are are relatively slim. Do remember that uh, the Orin Moore panto is still running, and I'm sure it's completely sold out, but um, it certainly would be worth a go if you were nearby uh, the brilliant Dave Anderson heading up the cast there. So, nothing bad going on. All good stuff. Um, How are you? I hope you're well. I hope you're surviving uh, what could be termed um, festive madness. I kind of stay out of it, mostly. Um, I'm part of it in that I'm doing a Christmas show, but... I'm not really big into the gifts thing. I don't really do shopping. Um, Trying to brighten people's day where possible. Um, But that's kind of an ongoing thing, isn't it? So I would encourage you to do the same if you're not already. Um, Why not? Um, Try and make people a wee bit happier, a wee bit brighter. That's kind of... Sometimes when I'm feeling at my best, I think that that is my calling. That's why I'm here in the world, is to bring a bit of joy. Um, Extra joy. And uh, when I'm at my worst... Well, it's a whole different story, but that's not today, so... Good, let's spread some cheer, whatever time of year it is, and um, I hope, as I say, that you're doing well, whatever it is that you're doing with it, if if anything at all. So my guest this week is Oliver Emmanuel, the prolific playwright, that's difficult to say isn't it, prolific playwright, I'm not even going to edit it, I'm just going to leave it in for you, you know, like kind of like in Panto where they go, oh, oh that wasn't in the script, there you go, so it's kind of a Panto you're getting here, which reminds me, this week, Oliver Emmanuel. next week... It's time for the Christmas pantomime. Pit Pod Panto. It's Pinocchio or Pod and it will be released next Wednesday, which is Christmas Day. So totally free and a great way to to pass, you know, half an hour or so. I'm not even sure how long it's gonna be. I have not edited it yet. It's it's a mammoth thing right now. I'm sure once I tighten it up it won't be it won't go on forever. But it'll be a great laugh. And uh, if you're if you've got a loose end going at Christmas Day, um you've got a wee minute to yourself. Why not? Why not have a wee listen? Why not gather round the fire with the family and put it on the old wireless? You know, I don't know what you do. Bluetooth it to your hi fi or something. Put your phone up loud and just stick it in a pint glass and gather everyone round. Get a mince pie and just listen to Pinocchio. You know, it stars an, it's an all star cast. Not least me, I mean Gary McNair, Tom Urey, Fiona Wood, Danny Heron, Don Severite, and it was co written by me and Andrew Fraser. So, not too bad, not too bad as a cohort, I would say. So, I hope you'll get a chance to tune into that. Um, and I don't know what's going to be coming the next week. That'll be the New Year special, if it is a special. Um, I'll be quite honest, I haven't thought about it, but it'll be all right. I've got complete belief. Um, so, I've had a mad day today. I've had a, a bit of get a few meetings about work for next year and then recording with ollie seeing the panto tonight now i'm back home uh, heating on everything on full blast and once this episode's up i've got finally just a wee hour to just relax and then tomorrow back to it two shows tomorrow two shows every day till christmas Christmas Day off, and then two shows every day till, I don't know, whenever. New Year, I guess, and then the same kind of thing. But uh, we're officially halfway through our run just now, which means we've got 29 shows left. So we're starting, I'm almost off book. I like to I like to try and leave it to the, you know, halfway through. I don't want to get too committed to any of the moves. Nearly off book. So, uh, yeah, it's all fun, and uh, it's really nice to, to walk out on the Lyceum stage every night and see a full house and people having a good time. It's just great, and it's one of the ways that I get to, add a wee bit of joy to the world it's one of the ways there are many ways and some of them are smaller and simpler Um, and like I say I would encourage you to join me so it's about time for my guest of the week Um, I'll leave you in the capable hands of Oliver Emmanuel. he's with me and we are putting it together
1: I don't like eggs Do you not? No, I never have. And people always say,
0: how can you not like eggs?
1: No, I, I get it, man. I didn't like eggs. I was allergic to eggs when I was a kid. And now you're not? And now I'm not. How do you, you just had to push through it? No, no,
0: not at all. I just, so all I, you nut allergens out there, just <laughs> keep working on really,
1: it. I really don't think they should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving that kind of advice. So now you're all good. No, no, I'm good. I was just, yeah, I think it's quite common, apparently, as a baby to be allergic. It meant I couldn't have the flu jag when I was like, uh, at university. Oh. They looked at me funny and said, Oh, no, you can't have it. And I was like, All oh, right, because you're allergic to eggs. I don't know why. So it must be something that's in the jag, place. I guess. Yeah, similar. Huh. Um, or at least was then. And now yeah. I'm now I'm not, I'm not allergic to it. So gonna, now,
0: but you don't need the flu jab now.
1: I do need the flu jab now. Do you? Oh, totally, yeah. Because oh, you're older than me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I have two small children oh, who who basically like make you ill every. Like they come back with these horrible like vi- you know things. Sniffles. Sh- oh man, nursery button. is like it's like you go in there and everyone's got a snotty face oh, and you're just no. like, why am I here?
0: You've got two kids there. I have got two kids. What yeah. ages are they?
1: Well, uh, Matilda is three and a bit now, and Isaac is ten weeks old. Just so I've ten got, weeks. I've got a brand new one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's classic. Although, although it's funny because it does feel like he's actually been around for ages. Like it doesn't feel. There's an odd thing you just kind of get. You, you kind of get very quickly used to it.
0: It must have been less of a culture shock than the first one. Oh ones. yeah, totally. No, I think that's right. I think the you first time you have
1: the first time you have a baby is like, um, yeah, holy shit, what the. F- what the hell is going to happen like you can, a, you can you can see what i actually i looked <laughs> through the podcast and i was like there's loads of ease at the end of it and i was just like oh of course that's explicit and i was thinking maybe i could do one without it like it's like a family Ooh. friendly one so M- many already of them failed. are I've i already failed. <laughs> i just put the e on us by default so yeah, if okay. anyone does but not everyone doesn't yeah
0: i Yeah, mean, we were talking about that the other day in the dressing room like how we just routinely swear yeah especially in our business do
1: you know what's really funny uh i just recently did a show um that was a co-production with a theater in scarborough and um the the first uh draft of the text was set in glasgow and it had loads of fucks and cunts and just like just like lots just like just like everyday language um but we had for development we had two english actors doing it and my god it sounded so much ruder like it sounded like like you could see the room stiffen every time the C word was used like it was and I just and so when we decided to do it I was like I'm just gonna cut some of this out because it just didn't make any sense Uh, like it just didn't it it had far more violence in England in northern England at least uh, than than it does up here like yeah
0: there's more weight to it or something yeah totally probably
1: less often used and then it's just gathers more potential I mean I did a I did a project the same year that we met actually it was in Pullman, Young Offenders Mm -hmm. and cunt just meant person yeah of course. they just it wasn't like a, a you know it was There just wasn't a, a word that was the first time i'd heard it like it was it was literally every other word and it's just like i'd never heard it yeah. that that speed and you know kind of normal that regular it was also such a normal thing yeah like. yeah but i I love the language i think i've always liked the language of uh I've, I've always thought it was weird that people you know made these words more important like i kind of like the f- I like using all the words. I mean, I like yeah. swearing. I like swearing. It's it's also really funny when your three year old swears by accident. And really know <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, that's like nothing funnier than the kid swearing. Right?
0: Those stories are always great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that play, monstrous heart. Yeah, is it a monstrous heart? The mon- it's the monstrous heart. The monstrous yeah. heart um, was originally set in Glasgow. I find that really surprising. I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, I I wrote it. I, well, no, it wasn't a set in Glasgow. It was like with Glaswegian actors. In oh, my I head. see. In my head, it was like they, they, their origin story was Glasgow. But um, they still it still took place in the cabin. Yeah, in, still well, absolutely. Out of oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Although the original version of that play actually started in a prison. Mm-hmm. and it was like it was a triptych so it was like the first scene was set in a prison and it was two people performing a, a version of frankenstein and then the second one was mary shelley and percy shelley in like 1815 and then the third scene was the play that you ended up seeing oh, all really? right and i wrote that i wrote that i like and i was like i was really i thought oh, i'm so clever like I mean, <laughs> me and act, my triptych so me and my triptych i've <laughs> written a triptych and like these two these two actors uh like get to play all these different parts yeah, yeah. but everyone was just like yeah but the only one that's really interesting is the third bit and I kind of resisted it for a while because you have to you know you get a lot of notes from people and they say oh we don't like this we don't like that and like I've been given steers before which is like get rid of that character and I've sort of stuck with it and it's worked out right. so when so when everyone was like that I was like, it took me a while to get around to the idea but I'm not you I'm so used to throwing things in the bin like I tell the story all the time to my writing students but like the first, the first draft of, um, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this either. First time I wrote, first time, first draft of Dragon that I mm-hmm. wrote for the NTS and uh, and for Vox Motus. uh Vicki Featherstone hated it so much that she didn't even turn up to the meeting. She <gasps> just sent, she just sent like a message saying, start again, it's rubbish. So, uh, so, so I did. I just threw it all away and started again. Did it have dialogue? uh it did it did have dialogue the first time because i didn't know how to write a silent play mm. like how do you how do you write a silent play it's and, quite... but was that was that in the brief like, there's not yeah, gonna yeah. Be dialogue. oh yeah so like to tell the story of that again it's sort of it's interesting isn't it because we're just reaching the end of the year and at the end of the decade and so i'm thinking about all the things that have happened this yeah. decade and actually my first conversation about dragon was january 2010 so and the brief was i had a coffee with uh, uh um with jamie harrison and Candice Edmonds and Fox Motors in the cafe at the CCA and they said they wanted me to write a play about a little boy and grief with a dragon and oh by the way it can't have any words in it mm-hmm And at the time, I was kind of resistant to it. I sort of, again, I was, I sort of, I didn't know how to do that because there aren't many plays without words that aren't sort of like very arch or kind of experimental. Like Samuel Samuel Beckett. There's a things like that, and 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 like which are all and act without words as well, like a clown piece. Which, but they're all stage directions, and I wasn't really interested in writing stage directions. That's not really what I wanted to do. Mm. So it took me ages to work it out. But actually, what what I would say is that, like when Vicky. Featherstone sort of gave us that and we were sort of left with a blank page it was kind of liberating because it was like okay well, I have to rethink the whole thing Mm. and eventually I sort of worked out how to do it and it was sort of like writing a film script or a short story but I just remember really clearly I wrote um, I wrote like the first four lines which was like there's a dragon at the end of the road under a street lamp watching waiting as soon as i had that first that first sort of like language it was like oh yeah i've got it right something kind of tingles totally yeah and i think i think that's always the way for me it's like if i've got the first line i know what to do next that's good it's always one it's like it's like if i know if i mean i never know what how my plays are going to end like ever so it's always like working out how what how the conversation starts Mm -hmm. and once i've got the conversation going i'm all right so that's cool that does happen to me i
0: mean i i wouldn't consider myself a writer but i do occasionally think of a beginning you write songs though, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I've written yeah. musicals and bits and bobs. Yeah, and so how and I have you about twenty unfinished plays. How do you? <laughs> yeah, me like, too. Man. Don't we all? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: How do you? So how do you start a song? Like, do you start with a? Do you start with a tune or do you start with a lyric or? What, mm, or?
0: There's a number of ways. If I'm writing to to a brief, then I'll often start with a title. I like, if I'm thing, gonna, yeah. if I decide I'm gonna write a musical, then yeah. I'll write a, a a treatment and I'll put song titles in, oh, nice. just as placeholders. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, let me think uh, I never expected this yeah just but really basic yeah nice and then if I can find some melodic line that fits with yeah I never expected this maybe that's the end of the chorus or whatever yeah. then
1: I can start building around it I heard that's what Morrissey did too Morrissey imagined uh, like going through the records in Woolworths right. and sort of looking at all the titles and yeah. so like he just came up with like heaven knows I'm miserable now and stuff and like you know you know there's there's a light that never goes out he just liked the you like the idea yeah. of that on the sort of seam of the record
0: like if i was picking up this record what would excite me totally and yeah, what yeah. make me want to listen yeah. to it it's like I'm, a book
1: cover isn't it totally i'm terrible at titles i find titles that it's the worst bit i find that the hardest if i have a title if i have a good title i like hold on to it and not forever and i'll be like <laughs> don't oh, even I, use it it's I, <laughs> too I, good I, no, sometimes i sometimes i just i'll oh, make up a, a play that has nothing to do with i like i just have to i've got a title separately yeah, yeah, um, yeah and then i'll just find out like i'll just have to make up a play uh, for, <laughs> that, that kind of fits it because i just like that title so much but no it rarely happens i've mostly got an idea of like for example i'm writing a play at the moment which I, i'm really excited by but um i don't know what the title is and that's frustrating because i actually think the play is gonna be really good but if the title's not good people just uh, it, i know right thoughts, <laughs> it's terrible like it's like yeah
0: yeah but you yeah. have to find a, a key phrase in it if you want to take it to the fringe. <sighs> i know right? you have to find yeah, the I key know, phrase in it that's right that's it that's never it. shut the door that's it never <laughs> shut the door, <laughs> shut the
1: door. <laughs> done yeah 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 but the <laughs> trouble with those think titles like never shut the door or like um like stuff like that is that you can just feel how it can be used as a uh, as a bad review Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, like, if only we'd shut the door this, on this, this, exactly, this title, yeah, yeah, this project. Exactly. So you've got to. So you've got to find a title that can't be used by a rogue reviewer
0: very good it's like naming a child like how will how oh, will children man. make fun of this name oh
1: actually do you know what? one thing i've actually there's a this kind of writing parenting crossover is that when we were expecting our first uh, uh, when i was expecting matilda we got um the penguin book of baby names mm. which is now in my office because i find ro- naming characters really hard yes. but of course like flicking through a name you know, like I like quite a lot. of My plays are named after my friends, and so all the characters in Dragon are named, although you don't hear them because mm-hmm. they're all named after like my flatmates and like my buddies and stuff. Yeah. So like, so yeah, because it's just like I'm rubbish. I, I find it so difficult, especially because I write quite a lot. I just end up like having to just borrow names of black like, people yeah. that I know. Um, if I hear a
0: name in my head, I think, There's "No way, that's not realistic." Like, yeah, I'll go, yeah, yeah. We'll call him Frank. It yeah. couldn't be Frank. Yeah, I know. Loads like, right. of the people are Frank, but yeah. for me, like, no, I, I, I
1: tend to choose really like what I'd call quite like, quite bland names because that way you can do anything to them. Yeah. you don't have to. But like when I did *Monstrous Heart*, for example, the names are all after the characters in um, *Frankenstein*. Right. So I didn't. Ha- again, I didn't. Ha- again, it's just a cheat. I didn't have to. But of course, you you came at that from those other two. Yes. pieces of the puzzle that totally. later were dropped. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So no, that's it. I can't but I think that's I think that's the funny thing about plays as you know is that what the audience experience is the end of a journey that you've taken which could have taken yeah. years and in that case for example did it. You know, sometimes it's weeks and sometimes it's years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um but yeah.
0: Go on have a wee slop on that. Like that. I, I know I can see holding on to it thinking Am I going to slurp this?
1: Yeah, I'm drinking my tea. But
0: then, isn't it? It seems to be sort of a de rigueur at the moment to have to have a play start in the middle of a conversation. Yes. And talk talk to me a wee bit about what you know about that, because I just I just noticed it as a trend. I don't know much about where it came from. I think
1: it's a really interesting thing. So, uh, I mean, I'm not a theatre historian, but what I do notice is that like a hundred years ago, um, when you're talking about the original Peter Pan, Mm. Jay and Barry, the first, the the main character doesn't turn up for the first sort of twenty five thirty minutes of the of the of the play, and it's like a big sort of like four act drama. But that's because um, people were coming from their dinners before they went to the theatre, mm-hmm. and so they didn't put the main character they just had like rhubarb the first 40 minutes of peter pan is just basically people going to bed and putting their pajamas on it's really boring well people are showing up late because people show up late people didn't <laughs> really people, oh, oh yeah wow. but they make i think they make a joke about it in like a, one of the oscar wilds i think it might be um i can't remember which play it is but they talk about people arriving in the second act right. It's just like they don't come to the first one and like if you read the diaries of that time like you know the, like the rich people would talk about um like you know going to do the second act of an right. opera or something and it's <laughs> like um so that's different and i guess what is exp- i guess what we've got now is this thing where people are we got a hyper focus where people are kind of bummed out if you if you take if you keep them in the theater past nine o'clock so if you start yep. at seven thirty, 30 you, you know finish at night you know mm-hmm. 90 minutes straight through and so and we don't have intervals a lot i mean i've never ever been commissioned to write an interval in fact when i've suggested i i, I would like one people go no no <laughs> like, um, because it's more because it's often more expensive although theatres some theatres like them because obviously they've they can got, sell they've got bars. And, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but it's a different but you but you have to write differently if you're if you're yeah, writing an interval um, so with 90 minutes you're just writing straight through so it's got to basically start at, you know start at a point where you you know you're I guess when you're uh, you, I always think the two things I always try to do with my plays as a starting point is like a a, a bold image and a big and a big problem Right. So it's those two things that are kind of there, Um and quite often that means that that you're going from um, You're going in the middle of a conversation And I think it's also that thing about letting audiences catch up because audiences are so clever now narratively We have we experience narrative in so many different ways whether it be like streaming services on our phones mm-hmm. uh, Like you know, we you know even like little adverts even like 10 second little adverts on Twitter will like be like narrative and so Everyone's got really good at it. So, you basically, as a theatre writer, you want to kind of be one step ahead sort of like, so they're not, so people aren't getting bored. So, assuming
0: that the audience are really smart as opposed to the other school of thought, which is lay it out for them as if they're daft. Totally, yeah. That's maybe
1: more old fashioned or something. Well, I suppose it's also more what movies are doing. I think it's really funny, isn't it? Because, like, now, movie, I was looking at the other day about, I was trying to do, I was trying to, like, I thought, well, maybe I'll go and sneak in a film in the afternoon. I had a bit of time, I thought, I'll go and sneak a film. All films are like two and a half hours long now. They even like you. even like really like 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 sort of basic kind of yeah. rom coms are like two and a half hours. like because it was what was it Saving Private Ryan that broke the kind oh, of like it? two hours two hour marks mm-hmm. or whatever it was two and a half hours. Everyone was like whoa
0: because in the forties and fifties they were
1: an hour and a bit. Well, they had to be because the reels didn't they? Right, so eighty two minutes was the classic film. So like Casablanca, yeah. um, like, like you know all that all that stuff and and I love that shape. Eighty two minutes is like a perfect length for a movie because it's yeah. like. You know, and they did the credits at the beginning. Do you remember? So then it was was just the end and then you all left. That's right. Um,
0: Because over an hour and a half, I'm like,
1: come on now. Well, I need Come an inter- I need an interval after that, yeah. especially I think in the theatre because you get it just gets too intense, doesn't it? You can't you can't appreciate your you know your concentration that you're required as an audience member mm. is so high. Um, but it's when I write for kids, it's a different thing because you don't really want to go over the length like, of time of a lesson, um, right. like so, sort of forty minutes, fifty minutes is kind of the end of a play for kids, yeah. Especially especially under a certain age if they're under twelve, because they get you know it's like their concentration like that's a lot to ask of someone of course um, yeah. but I think it's it's just it. but I think the way that people are starting their plays is just they're, they're kind of just cutting off the introductions now and just going they don't write a pro- prologue anymore yeah. except if there are some writers who are obviously breaking that mould people like uh, Jez Butterworth mm-hmm. like you know he's always got a prologue and an epilogue to his, to his plays but then you know I guess they're built for the west end and i think that i think that's a whole different whole different thing you know like when you're when people are paying 80 quid to go and see a play you're you're trying to give them an experience and i think a different kind of experience um so yeah I, i guess i guess i think theater at the moment is sort of trying to catch up and find a way in with to sort of compete not compete but to st- offer a different experience than netflix because if yeah. you can sit at home and for seven pounds a month you can watch some of the best actors in the world on your screens for like 22 hours or whatever it is and mm. uh, uh, like for one like series or something what what does theater do what's the what's it for uh, like and i mean in terms of like because i think they tried doing the celebrity thing uh, you know a few years ago and i still obviously a celebrity still makes difference mm. but i think um i still think you know it, the theatre's got to offer something different, more visceral. I think it does offer loads of things. But yeah, I think, it totally but does, I, but, I, but I don't but think, I think people see that. Maybe, but I, think, but I think programmers are really trying to find a way of, of, of kind of matching that.
0: Yeah, I think what's exciting is and it happened more before you know, Netflix and stuff is that people went to see big names in theatre because they were big names of theatre. Yes. People who were famous for being theatre yeah, actors. Yeah, yeah. And we have a tiny bit of that, but
1: yeah, I
0: sort of think back to it fondly. It was before my time, but no, I'd love to be one of those guys. I think
1: that's true. I mean, I think also what's funny is that you read, you go even further back, in, like you have in the fifties, you have radio stars, yeah, people who are stars of radio, wow. like people. You know, I mean, I guess there's still there still are some people who are stars of radio, like people remember people who are in the Archers, for example. They yeah. still get huge kind of turnout of kind of like, uh, like kind of conferences and stuff that they mm-hmm. do. But, um, but I yeah. don't
0: think if they were in a panto, it would do
1: much. No, I think that's true. You know, if that's you true. The, the the main archer whatever his name is. Yeah, well, exactly. I exactly. Don't know. exactly. Not Jeffrey, but, but they, one of the people but that's so funny, isn't it? Because like something like 20 million people listen to that a week. And yet, we don't know the actors. People don't know their names. No. It's the most successful, um, what's called, um, soap of all time, isn't it? is not it really? Longest running, yeah, certainly.
0: Well, it's the best theme tune for a start. Do you think? Oh, God, absolutely. I, I, well, I close it, second is Emmerdale? But oh, okay, since they changed the time yeah, yeah, yeah. signature in Elmerdale, it's not, it's not worth the yeah. paper it's written on.
1: Where do you stand on the omnibus of the archers? Because that's a different one, isn't it? They use like kind of accordion or something, don't they?
0: Oh, I no comment, because I don't listen to it. No need to worry. As soon as you hear the tune you're <coughs>
1: yeah, off. <okay. laughs> it's like oh,
0: i I'm, I'm off. Yeah. But I like the tune at the end because I used to listen to front row occasionally. Uh, yeah, yeah, you I like used to it. like front row too. Yeah, but yeah. what's funny about it is not I mean this is so niche, but right. at the end of the main theme they go into a B part or maybe a C part. And yeah. it's not always the same other part. Oh. You know, there's like a minor bit. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It goes...
1: And then it goes... <laughs> there's yeah, like yeah, another yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But
0: sometimes it's not that bit. It's yeah. like a, a whole different bit that
1: yeah. we never hear. Well, I did recently did a play uh, which cut off the theme tune of The Archers on Radio <sighs> 4. We had to ask special permission because it was about the end of the world. And I wrote a play that was... um the Setup was because I'd heard this rumor, and it is sort of urban myth that if Radio 4 goes off air, it's a sort of signal to Trident and like the, the, the kind of that it's our early warning system basically that, the, that yeah. we were under nuclear attack and that the world has ended. So I thought, wouldn't it be funny if or strange yeah, yeah. if there were these two sisters who lived on a remote Scottish island who they didn't talk to each other but only listened to Radio 4 and then one day Radio 4 stopped working? And so this, that was the setup, and we managed to sell Radio Four in this. And I wrote a dummy page for the Radio BBC Radio Four um, with like like with a fake play title and a fake uh, like s- uh, story. And I used the names of all the different like uh, Radio Four controllers as mm-hmm. the cast members. Right. And then uh, someone had to one of the uh, kind of announcers had to actually by hand turn the Archer's theme tune off and put our play starting. And basically, the play starts with what's 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 going on? Why is the why is the archer stopped and uh wow. so and so and so you didn't get any credits or anything like that and it was just it was all about it was but all they went, what for, it. They Which went for it yeah, yeah. interesting did. yeah yeah i yeah, yeah. wouldn't
0: have if i had to guess i would have said they probably well, I kind of that. wanted
1: them to cut into the actual archers but what was fun right. was that's a great thing about twitter though as a response because obviously with radio you never get a you never really get um uh, much kind of come you know people yeah, that yeah. come you know you're going to see your audience in the same way as you do with um with theater so you can't watch what they're interested in what they you know what they might be bored or what they laugh at um but what's great about twitter is you get to see the response so we had lots of people on twitter going something's wrong with the radio which was really fun because of course that's the whole setup of the play Absolutely. and because when people went on the radio web for website they were just like what is this it did backfire slightly because we didn't brief the press so when we got reviews uh, we got very cross review from gillian reynolds who was like <laughs> She's like the queen of radio uh, 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 criticism. She was very cross because she was like, This was like nonsense that like, they didn't they put something different on the radio. I don't understand why they did this. And like, it was, <laughs> right, and we, okay. we, we, it's a note to self, we're going to make sure that we inform the press before we do these things Rude. again. I know, well, that's the thing. They like it when they're in on the joke and they don't really like it if they're not. And we just thought it'd be fun. Sort of a little. Uh, homage to Orson Welles as well, because I sort of, of course, yeah. that's sort obviously of most famous radio play, so it was just a bit of fun, really. But it was, it was,
0: yeah. I heard about him, um, he was doing radio all day and then he would be performing in the theatre at night. And the, the quickest way he could get around New York City, apparently, was by hiring an ambulance. Amazing. So he would get in the back of the ambulance, they'd put the, the siren on. Yeah. He didn't have to be sick as long as you pay apparently with yeah. the american system. as long yeah. as you pay it doesn't yeah. matter if you're sick yeah so that was how he got through the traffic
1: well i didn't realize yeah i
0: mean that he was a radio star i mean i mean he was yeah he was a radio star, a first star. Was, but
1: he was so young wasn't he, he like he was like yeah, 24 for or his something, success like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was unbelievable that like, was amazing um yeah no that friend uh my uncle i think he had a friend who um had like a heart attack in new york and they phoned uh for an ambulance and two fire engines and a and, uh, and an ambulance turned up and they basically said choose which one you want to because they all cost the same or whatever like and it was just like uh, we'll go with a fire engine because that sounds fun fire engine. Um, yeah america's mad oh, Ma- it's well, I- it's crazy isn't it? well, no. well look forward to it oh, don't. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we're all gonna be
0: the best uh, thing i've come up with is this morning i thought to myself every time they say brexit i'm going to imagine they're saying breakfast yeah nice and it just makes it all a bit lighter for me get breakfast done <laughs> yeah. wait the british people voted for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> Let's give them breakfast. I like it. Because I like a fry up as much as know, the next know. guy. You know?
1: do, you, do you do you think that we're gonna be in the same situation up here though? Do you think it's gonna? What do you think is gonna happen? The well, next <sighs> year's gonna be tricky, right?
0: Yeah, it's gonna be tricky. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm no great voice nah, on, on political, no, no. on party politics no, no. and things like that. So, and I'm not, a, I'm not a disaster. What's the word, a catastrophist? No. So actually I have a, to me there's a positivity about oh, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the way it's turned out recently. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind yeah. of don't think about it too much because no, it no. does scare I, me.
1: I've sort of, I've sort of decided I don't have an opinion right now. I sort of feel a bit because I think we've got this. it was a really weird situation where we've got leaders, and I don't necessarily include our Scottish leader mm. in this, but who, who have no shame, yeah. and who, and who would not resign over principle, would not, um, who would not. See anything wrong with saying one thing and doing completely the other thing? As it's already proved and like yeah, no scribbles, in dates, like, no. And I think so. What I think prediction is a sort of mugs game, isn't it? Really, you can't tell what's going to happen next. I think it's a bit scary too. I think and I find that that's kind of my override. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit scared about what's going to mm. happen. I don't really, and I have sort of anx- low, at least low level lying anxiety about mm. it. So. So, so yeah so I, I kind of don't know either. I, I yeah, kind of try not to think about it too but I like the breakfast idea yeah I think I mean, should, it gives, just gives it an edge What, what is your ideal breakfast and how would you get breakfast done
0: get breakfast done yeah. well it, it depends at the moment I'm doing Christmas shows so I yeah. have I have a routine where I don't eat breakfast in the flat that I'm staying in Yeah. I just go to the theatre yeah, okay. I sleep as long as I can yeah. and then I go to work for the matinee yeah. and I eat when I get there and it's usually a banana and a little um, Belvita other brands are available soft bake yeah. so it's some sort of pastry element yeah. and some sort of fruit element and a lot of coffee. Yeah. But um, the other day I had a cooked breakfast in between shows. Oh, nice. I walked up to the City Cafe which is oh, the only place good. that serves an all-day breakfast all week up till 10pm. Is that real? Is that yeah. the only place? The only place I could find within oh, right, walking right, distance right, right. in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Apart from my weather spoons which yeah. I would rather not. Yeah. So uh, I walked to the City Cafe and I had... breakfast and people were like you'll never be able to do the show i said how dare you (laughs) i've done worse i've had sausage suppers for breakfast how dare you i know do you have
1: to do you have to do you have to watch what you eat while you're doing the punter stuff
0: um i find that it's actually easier to get away with like i can eat worse in a way because i'm doing so much yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. um i have to watch like the 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 proximity to the curtain (laughs) not literally yeah yeah um but you know, so I, I have to give it some time. But yeah. yeah, I mean the other day between shows I ate a, a fiery hot pizza. Amazing. Stuffed it in my face. It was amazing. Um yeah. no bother at all. Just yeah, yeah grand. Oh yeah, an acid, brush my teeth, on you go. <laughs> <laughs> no bother.
1: I, I don't know, it's like I, I have memories of you and Gary eating like ridiculous things <laughs> in the bus <laughs> on the way to on the way to work. Oh yeah. You, like ten years ago. Like ridiculous things. Like We've like, still got it. Oh, you still got it. We've still yeah, got yeah, the power. You, Yeah, man. Amazingly. (laughs) He used to eat so many sweets. I don't remember you eating quite as many, but like... I've got my sweet intake has gone up. Up,
0: up, up since then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But of course, I stopped drinking since then. Yeah, absolutely. So I took a lot of sugar out of my yeah. evening diet, if you yeah.
1: like. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And I stopped smoking, so I when right, I you yeah. know I mean, which used to be a sort of thing. So I, absolutely, so I eat more now. Oh, definitely. More. Yeah.
0: Even just the time element. I think if you're smoking or drinking, that takes up some time. Tells, yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah. Not thinking about the other thing. Well, I
1: drink a lot less. I drink hardly drink anything now because uh, with two small children, they just know when you've got a hangover, so they come and get you. Oh, uh, so, I don't know how you would cope with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, do you know what? it's really funny? I'm just I've just I've been recently inspired by a book I've been reading called uh, Morning by Alan Jenkins, which is all about getting up really early. Mm. And he gets up at like five o'clock in the morning, and I, I wouldn't advise that. But I've been setting my alarm clock just a little bit before everyone gets up, and just having like half an hour to sort of 45 minutes to myself before nice Um, and that's quite interesting that's been quite interesting because it means I go to bed earlier as well because you must be just exhausted by the time 9 or 10 o'clock it's it's not just exhausted it's just like you also don't have any time to yourself like like you don't have any kind of moment to think or just kind of figure out how you're feeling and then you uh, and sort of I think that it's become important just to sort of try try and carve out moments if that makes sense we check in with yourself yeah, yeah absolutely yeah 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 but where do you work I have an office. I oh, have I have an office that I have rented rented. I when I when I first moved up here in 2006, I would had been living in Wimbledon in this absolutely tiny 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 bed set like half the size of this room. And a bed set, a, really? Bed set with like a with like a, like you could comfortably cook while sitting on the bed. Do you know what I mean. Like, and a shared bathroom. Oh yeah, oh yeah, with wow. with like lots of, like and it was and it was so expensive it was like 600 700 pounds a month. Shut the front door. Oh man. Oh yeah, London is in, Like that was then. That was 2002. Probably a grand at least a grand now. Oh, easy. Yeah. That's crazy. And this. then and then it was um and then when I moved up here, obviously it was so much cheaper, at least in the late noughties.
0: For that money then you so, could so, have a... So I bought a... Sorry, ta- not bought.
1: I rented a two-bedroom f- flat, with which was the first time I'd ever like had a, an office. And obviously I was only in my mid-twenties just starting out as a writer, but mm. it sort of gave that kind of sense of like this is a proper thing i'm doing now yeah this is how i'm this is what i'm going to do and when i first moved I, I didn't know anyone so it was my work was if i had work it was down south um in yorkshire mostly and um and then and then as it's and then i had and then basically i sort of made sure that i always had a room to write in as i moved around glasgow and then when we had our daughter she moved into what would be my office. Of course. Yeah. And so for the first time ever I'd sort of look for a proper office and I found one just literally on our road at the uh, in in the south side. And it's sort of very anonymous. It's behind um it's behind a financial advisor's. You wouldn't know it's not an artist's office or anything. Mm. It's just an office. But over the last few years I've just it's 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 great. I really I really like having an office. It's kind of one of the most important spaces to, that I I think you know, that I've, I've got, um, mm. but although actually, I, I mean, I can write saying that I can write anywhere. I, I'm really happy to write on a, I've written in libraries. I've written in cafes. I've written in, um, all kinds of places. I've even written on Edinburgh bus once. I had to do some rewrites from, from, and on from, so from, I got the bus from, prince street all the way down to leith and i was doing rewrites on the bus it was a bit bumpy but it was all right like, yeah but like, if it needs doing it you needs mean, doing like, so right. yeah so so yeah i sort of because i sort of i've always hated the idea of there being some sort of preciousness about writing i've mm. always i think it's the thing i enjoy about being up here as well it's like it's not a holy art what we do is it's it's a job and it's a, you know it, it has some exciting you know maybe even you know profound uh possibilities but in the end it's a job and yeah and i think i, I kind of like that kind of down-to-earthness about you know just writing wherever i if i have to write a thing i'm gonna write a thing wherever i have to write it yeah um and uh yeah so like and i think it's so yeah so i so, but i but I do like having an office and i was there today and that was that was nice to get sort of especially because time is i i can only work from like 10 till four most uh, i only work four days a week but i can only work that time because i have to pick up my daughter and stuff so mm. So you're
0: near home and you can just get on with it.
1: Yeah, although I'm not. That, we moved out of Glasgow, so we now live in uh, Inverclyde now. So we live in a village outside. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. We bought village. We, you we in? live in Kilmacome, oh. which is uh, uh, one of those villages that we didn't, we'd never heard of. Yeah, of yeah. Of course, is kind of like uh, uh, famously or infamously uh, a village like i, I can't it's it, which which programs they make a joke about it i think i can't remember what it is Kill um m- there's a joke about kilmer people from Kilmacombe, you know i mean? like, yeah 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 it's mm. like it's like gonna like, be fancy and it is i mean there are some really fancy places there we don't live in the fancy houses right like, so we like just, bridge of weir or yeah some of these yeah exactly yeah totally and it's like but it's 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 nice it was it's got no train station so we could afford to live at, we could afford to get a house out there so um, oh if they have the train station yeah then it's it, be, uh, uh, yeah totally be astronomical but of instead, course but it's no, it's it's nice, and it's like in terms of we had been in Glasgow for twelve years, and it had been fantastic, and I love Glasgow, uh, and I still think it's I think it's still home in my in my mind in lots of ways, but I needed to. I need some headspace outside of. I like I needed some to breathe some air and, yeah. and things like that. You know, I just I needed to, I needed to go for a walk. So we have got a lovely garden, and we I mean, in the back of our garden, there's just rolling fields. So oh, it's just like, so. It's it's kind of like. Also, like the thing about Scotland, obviously, is that it's so beautiful. Like, and you can go into um into the countryside so quickly. Yeah. So my sort of question is always like, why not? Like, it's, mm. it's one of the first things I did actually when I first di- when I first moved here. I didn't have any work, I would get in the car and just like go for a drive. I'd explore it. So mm-hmm. I remember doing I went drove all the way up to leg and and like uh, and camped up yeah. and camped up there. It was like it was amazing. And I went on a whale watching thing and like it was on a boat and I went to the Isle of Rum and stuff like that. It was great. And like, it was, like all that you know, so it's like and I've always loved exploring and I still like I still I, I went to um this year I had a lovely job this year, which was like I went and did a series of workshops for the Playwright Studio Scotland and I got to go all the way around so I Went all the way up to Light arts and um, in Caithness, and then I was down in Dumfries and Galloway, and I went up to Inverness, and I was just going around. And it's just like it was so; it was like during the summer, and I was going swimming. I, I do a lot of wild swimming, so I was going swimming in the rivers and locks around there. It was just like, it was totally, Amazing. totally dreamy like, in the summer. Yeah, it's glorious. Oh yeah, well, I was well, the one thing I was I was in the Inverness to Inverness to what is it? Um wick train um and on the hottest day of the year and there was no aircon, so that was that was a bit special like we you know i i needed to go for a a swim after that because i was thinking
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's some stations up that way that are just like i've driven past them they look just like as if they're abandoned oh yeah yeah you know and there must be one train a day maybe and sometimes
1: they're sometimes they're converted into houses or shops so like people people live in them like because they're no longer we kind of it would be cool
0: I do have a sort of a, a thing in the back of my head that's kind of maybe move, get out, maybe yeah. live in some sort of cabin or you know, yeah, I have yeah, this yeah. it's a little Where would you have it? North, I think. Yeah. I mean some
1: somewhere north, but I don't know, west probably west coast. There was there was a programme I, I just caught a bit of yesterday on the telly which was talking about there's a bit just north of Inverness, which is the least habited bit of Scotland. But it's they showed pictures of it, it's absolutely stunning. And I was just like yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Yes, please. It's like there's no real reason why it's not it happens. It's just like just, just, so just, happens, so, yeah. just so happens. It's kind of off the beaten path, I guess. So, um, so yeah. But I know. I mean, I, I would I would live in the Highlands if it was a kind of a tall uh, economical in terms of like work and stuff. Sure, but well, this is the problem. Uh, you know, it? it's the thing where yeah. I mean, we live. You know, it's that funny thing when you're talking to other people from not you know who aren't from Scotland. You talk to them about the theatre scene. It's like it's all Glasgow based, like because mm. obviously it's a, it's a bigger city. Even you know Edinburgh. It's far less work than than, yeah. than over over this side.
0: But to be near one
1: or both of yeah, them, yeah, you is, have to be. You can't right. Otherwise, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it shouldn't. I mean, one of the reasons I was doing this tour around is because we're trying we were trying to kind of connect with playwrights all around the country. Ah. and you know, and, and there are playwrights in the north and in the south, but it's still it's still you know the reality is that getting plays made often is a case of coming to the central belt, and mm-hmm. it's not that's not as it should be but that's what it currently is and hopefully things can change but we've i'm sure you've talked about this before but like the touring circuit ain't what it was so it's like you know the days of exciting tours around the highlands and islands and all the way you know where shows started like i you speak to uh david harrow or david gregor talking about like their tours of their early shows where like you know knives and hens started at the traverse yeah and then went on this amazing kind of rural tour everywhere everywhere Yeah, yeah and like um yeah, I mean that's just the it's a dream, but it doesn't happen anymore.
0: It's also bringing bringing things to people who maybe can't get to these main, you know, urban spaces to get to see them. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I don't think do that as much. No,
1: it's funny because I don't know about you, but that's where I learned to make theater was doing those tours and stuff because yeah. when i first started out we were based i was based in yorkshire and we would and this is the again the early noughties and there was funding for new writing sounds hilarious now back in the day. We, yeah i know but we used to just like i i would i would write the play and i would do the lights and my pal would who was the director would drive the car and we had the actors in the back and, mm-hmm. and, and like we just drive around and that's how you know we we learned how things worked and stuff and we did it all ourselves and yeah i think that's harder now, I just the you know the money doesn't exist in the same quite the same way.
0: I think we've also changed our view of, of working practices. Yeah, and I think coming from an actor standpoint, we all have you know with our union, and mm. we've got to a point where we're willing to we're less willing to just do everything and anything just to get a gig.
1: You know what I mean? I think that's right. I think it's a shame. It's, it's a, there's, there's a, a sh- balance to be struck. There's a balance to be struck. Between between I think cause I think certainly there seems to me. Maybe you can tell me you from the other side. I think sometimes there are, like, when you're trying to, because I've recently had some work outside the Central Belt, but trying to get actors to come to the Central Belt, outside the Central Belt, to right. do a show in a non Central Belt venue, mm-hmm. which may not be well reviewed, or, or, or as well, sorry, as well covered by reviews, and uh, maybe not have such a long run and all that stuff. People don't want to come. It's really, like, yeah. even, they, they don't even want to audition. And this, because. Because the, the the terrible economics is that you can do like four days on the TV and that's worth more than a, yeah, the than whole a four term. or five week uh, yeah. run of a show. And that's like, and that's that's hard. That's always been hard, I think.
0: Uh, yeah. And the other thing is that we, as as much as you probably, everything we do has to kind of in some way springboard us to the next thing. I agree, yeah. And, you know, if we if we look at it and we think, well, this, this yeah. is not going to add anything. No, I know. Unless there's some, you know, obviously there's some times where you just go, but I really want to do this. Yeah, I There's think, some artistic calling or some merit that you just go,
1: I just have to do it. I think that's it though. I think as a writer, I'm really aware of writing plays that have value and vitality mm. for the actors and the audiences. You know what I mean? If I just can't, in and of themselves. In and of yeah. themselves. If I can't, it has to feel important. Like, yeah. you know, so when I was doing, uh, I did a, a, when I did a big history trilogy for the National Theatre of Scotland, there was something that was really interesting about those uh, working with those actors is that even though it was outside the central belt and the runs weren't particularly long and obviously it was national Theatre Scotland but I do think people were I do think the actors because it felt important the actors were willing to sort of like uh, you know to take that step because yeah, it wasn't yeah. going to do anything, it wasn't going to do very much for their careers that's yeah. you know the, in, the, in the reality of it it was going to it was going to uh, they were going to be able to tell the story and then they were going to have to leave and maybe people weren't going to notice and I think mm. you know I think and I think so you have to make you know in that sense i think the commitment to the material is is a big thing and i think also like work for young people as well i think it can sometimes be stuff that actors will turn down because they they go well if it's only in the school or if it's only in your mm. school tour you know the only reason to do this is the money and it's like is the money good enough? and I, like and, yeah. I, and i get and i get all of those things uh, um, but the question is what what is it all about yeah. it, it gets to a deeper question
0: yeah. it's like why are we doing this in the first place yeah. and what brought us to it
1: you know initially but i think we need to i think you're right though we do need to talk better or more about the sustainability of artistic careers because it's all because i think for too long and i think theaters prey on all of our whether meaning to or not Mm. on our sense of vocation yeah we have to do this so therefore we will do it Mm. and therefore we're willing to sacrifice too many things so like actually it's not sustainable to do that forever so like i know several people who go actually joe i can't do it anymore i have to do something else because mm. because it's not making any financial sense it's like you, you know, burned out was just doing, all burned out, yeah. doing everything well, absolutely well was, i've totally I've, I've, I've had that yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah what did you do then to counteract it well it sort of happened at the beginning of this year actually so i i i think um i'd come to the end of a number of projects and I'd written. I was writing something like between like five and six plays a year, Mm. and they were all quite big ones, and they were having they with a fair amount of profile, at least from my point of view. And I just, I knew I had to take a break, so I took a break, and I decided right. I'm going to say at the beginning of this year, I'm not going to take any more work. So sort of January, I was going to take some couple months off, and I sort of stopped. And of course, you stop suddenly like doing anything you know where it's like, it's like mm. show flu or whatever you get you hold off and then you this, get it yeah. and then you get it and it was just like and i was just like but totally burnt out after like five years of continual kind of non-stop work and even through the birth of my first uh, my daughter i hadn't really stopped because we'd had to earn enough money to eat and everything and all that kind of stuff and i just i just sort of um yeah i, I just reached a point of collapse and i was absolutely shattered mm-hmm. and it's and i think it's only i think it's taken me the rest of the year to sort of work Work it out, really. But I mean, w- the answer is, I took myself to the doctor and I got um and I got and I got some help. So I've I've been I've, uh, you know I've I've ha- I've, got, I've got I've I've had some therapy and I've I've got some medication mm-hmm. and and but also like I do, I do lots of kind of different things so like i've been trying to like the wild swimming is part of that okay and like, yeah, yeah. like walking and being in nature but also like playing with my kids more like making sure and also i cut down my hours again so rather than because i think sometimes just reframing your own week like so you're only working four days a week makes such a huge difference you can mm-hmm. have a real you can you know you can still be effective in that time but it means that the, the emphasis isn't on your work it's is somewhere else and and I think you know uh, um, it's it's still it's a daily it's a daily thing I mean I, I really enjoy writing I, I, the, the act of writing itself I really enjoy coming up with an idea, sitting down with the material and stuff but like, like you know like I'm sure it's same for you is that the actual time I get to write it's really limited because I've got so much else stuff to do. So like even just the business of being a writer, yeah, like yeah. sending out emails, replying to things, having meetings and stuff like that. So this week, for example, I've, I've got four days of, of work and only one day to write. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, that's my job, but it's like, it's kind of weird. It's just, it's kind of, it's just how it works. But I think in terms of burnout, I think I, I've i decided to try and try and reframe how I work and try and work a little bit less and, and, in, and, in, and make it, I mean is this going to be a financial penalty to that, but I think you just have to find find ways of um of 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 kind of giving yourself space because I think I hadn't really made any space for myself I just had a lot of I'd just done a, I was doing a lot of work and i and I found this at parties like if I was ever at a party which I rarely was <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had nothing to chat about except work, and I was just like um, that's really boring like I just can't, you know like yeah. you know it's like if you can't talk about anything but the thing that you're doing it's just like it's a bit. You know, even if you're really passionate about it, which I was, mm. um, it, it was it was just it was kind of like uh, yeah, it's miserable. But you know, it's sort of uh, I hadn't hadn't no- taken heed of the warning signs, and I think I should have done that sooner, really. And it's just you know, it's it. There are always going to be crunch points, and you just have to sort of. Um, but I'm I'm I think it's the sort of thing I struggle with, or the thing that's been maybe it's the best way of putting it is that actually it's very useful with kids because you have to put them first and to and and you also model behavior so you want your kids to see that you enjoy your life and your work yeah and so when i knew that we were having isaac i was like okay right i've got to get myself this has got to get myself in a place where i'm really excited you know really accepting of this new person and Mm -hmm. and like i've got space in my life for him and and for it and to be a dad and so so yeah so so i'm doing lots of uh, doing make making sure that i've you know i've carved a big space out for for me and them and and Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff um i mean it's a a work in progress that way i wouldn't say i've got it right i've I've not got it right or anything it's just this is what i'm the balance is currently set um heavily in favor of family and life but
0: then i suppose you have you were talking about the office and although that's it's a physical thing, but it's also a psychological oh, yeah. start and end point to your working day, yeah. which I really have trouble with. Ah, right, okay. You know, I don't, so it's always ongoing, yeah, and yeah. if the email comes in, I just, and then, or I'm oh, editing, or, you know. At oh, absolutely,
1: at yeah. Well, no, I, but for example, I take uh, my email off my phone and stuff like that, so I don't have email on my phone. Okay. I, um, the, I teach at the University of St. Andrews a bit, and, um. Uh, and they've got this thing which is you're not allowed to send an email after six, um, or, or none, none at the weekend. Um, what happens if you do though? Well, people ignore you because they're not looking. So it just is not happened. But, but I was getting work emails at like eleven o'clock on a Saturday night. Oh yeah. And and it was and I, and I and I would see it because it would ping on my phone. And it would do something to me like, you know, you raise my anxiety, my heart rate and stuff like that. So therefore, I wasn't sleeping so well. And therefore, 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 Mm. I think, I think you've just got to try and strip that back away. I mean, I don't know. Do you remember? I mean, I think I'm a wee bit older than you. But I mean, when I was growing up, um, if the phone rang during dinner, Mm. because we had landlines and we didn't have mobiles. If the phone rang during dinner, we didn't answer it.
0: My mum didn't answer, it and my dad did. Ah, but she would say, "Leave it."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he
0: he likes to know what's happening right away. Yeah. He's like that, yeah. a bit like me. Yeah. But she would say, "Leave it," and then he would occasionally say, "You know what? Oh, she's not. She's not here.
1: She's at her dinner." Yeah. She's at her dinner. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But like, but like, there was etiquette, right? There was eti- there was phone etiquette. And so if people- it was after nine, he would say, "Who yeah. the hell's that?" But like, it's. I mean, I would be astonished if you haven't had a coffee or a tea this week with someone or, or whatever, and in the middle of the conversation, they've either checked their phone or the phone has not rung and they've done, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, of course. You know, like we've now got all these things and there isn't really a, we haven't really, we've kind of, the technology's taken over and we haven't really worked out what the etiquette is and like what, how to safeguard ourselves in all of that. Well, the person on the phone
0: is, yeah, um, immediately more important yeah, than the person yeah. in
1: front of you. Totally. For some reason, even though they yeah. were there first. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're talking to me, probably true, probably is more important. Well, Rumba, I know a lot of it's really boring people. Yeah. Exactly. It's really I've boring. turned my phone off just now. So. <laughs> there you go. But like, I think it's, 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 and i don't it's always you sound like a hippie when you're talking about like moving like like yeah. turning your phone off and stuff like I that i moved but, to kill Macomb and i turned I d- off my emails oh yeah you, huh?
0: <laughs> you got a vegetable patch i bet you did no, I, no i'm gonna build one next to you actually <laughs> no, I, I mean
1: i'm i've totally hopeless at all that stuff i've just started, i like i've never had a garden before ever like you might oh. when i was growing up we didn't have a garden we, we had we like lived in town so we didn't have one and uh so no it's all of that stuff's new but no i think i guess i think it's also because i was noticing in myself as a like writing that it was getting in my way of writing so like you yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd you'd be more interested in what was happening on twitter than what you was on the page and that's a bad way of doing it so no so i definitely i take off my watch i i turn things off and i and i put them in the corner while i'm writing cuz cuz even if you're doing it for a short burst of like an hour like it it makes a difference like constant like that concentration for an hour it's a lot
0: um, less than an hour if you include Checking an email, quickly firing off a reply. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It just adds up, doesn't it?
1: But I guess when you're you're in rehearsals and stuff, you've got your phone off, right? Or you've got it on silent at least.
0: I mean, it's on silent and then I think it depends. People have different ways of approaching it. I I occasionally would look at it if there's a whole big section that's happening that doesn't involve
1: me. Yeah. So I'm in the room kind of just ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I guess what I mean is because you're with other people, there's a kind of like there's going to be a, there's a, there's an etiquette to how you're doing it. Yeah. Whereas Because I spend most of my days by myself as a, in a work yeah, situation, yeah. there's a possibility that I could spend the whole day on my phone. If right. I was, that's you right. know, And or like or distracted. Like I think the number of distractions in life has increased exponentially. Right. Uh, maybe there always was a way of you know, but I think it's it's when you're trying to work, um, you're trying to feed it away. Also, noticeably with kids, is they tell you off. So like Matilda will say to me, "Daddy, put your phone away," or oh. "Daddy, you're not paying attention to me," or like you know what I mean, like, things like that. Yeah. So because because they want your attention, they want that's what they they crave. They don't really care about phones or even the telly that much. Mm-hmm. Like um, I mean, she likes it now, but she didn't when she was little. She just wasn't when she was really little. She didn't really care about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, it's sort of yeah. Y- you realise where your attention is focused a bit more, I, or I have. I've noticed where my attention is more now. I've got kids, and mm. they're sort of demanding it. Demanding it? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like in a nice way. Like, like of you know, course, yeah, you know, yeah. I need the Lou. It's like, oh yeah, they need the Lou now. There's not a time for me to st- right. finish sending this text message. I got to go now.
0: But then, so much of that—the the phone and the telly and stuff—is all learned behaviour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we are complicit in teaching it if we if we leave it all on blaring at eleven. Yeah. With the little kids around. Yeah, yeah. They don't come out of the womb going, when's Peppa Pig starting? Yeah.
1: They have to learn about that. No, absolutely. And you've got a choice, don't you, about how yeah, much yeah. you allow that. Well, also, you realise that how much of, I said, it's, it's, they'll learn off you. So if 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 you're doing a lot, if you're doing something a lot, yeah. then they'll do it too. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's, it's always nice to try and do other things <laughs> sometimes in front of your kids just because that way they, they learn to do other things, you know. Yeah, of um, course,
0: when we were growing up, our, our parents didn't weren't sitting on their phones because they didn't have that. No, 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 So we didn't learn about that. No, it's, it became a thing as we grew up. I think that's up.
1: right. I think that's right. I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess, um, what did they do? I think it's interesting, isn't it? What did they do? What did, what did, what did people what do did before do? mobile phones? Before they stood in the... I so they think they did other things, didn't they? I mean, I wouldn't say it was, at least not in my house, it wasn't like they spent the whole time like playing board games and like laughing no. and ta- having big discussions about politics. It wasn't like... <laughs> no, it was not wasn't, no. It wasn't some sort of like lap, pre-lapsarian kind of perfect yeah. kind of... Uh, you know, uh, oh, the telly was on. The telly was on in that's our house. It was. Yeah, yeah. Basically, from about dinner yeah, time, the telly, the telly was on. Was that's kind of true, on. right? I guess that's right. And and of course, if you didn't have a video player, we rented ours from Radio Rentals or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but my parents didn't know how to use it, so. Uh, like you could you had to watch it then, didn't you? You had to make a date for the telly. Yeah, if it was one on. Yeah, you couldn't you yeah, couldn't yeah. sort of uh It doesn't make it sound so old and <laughs> it's not it's not even that long <laughs> no, ago. It wasn't long not, ago. It wasn't even that long ago. Like
0: we watched uh, we watched neighbours at twenty to six yeah, every night absolutely. and we switched over and at six o'clock it was coming away.
1: Did you find, did you find those, I always used to find neighbours in home way really embarrassing, like, because I, the snogging, I just couldn't, cope with. <laughs> I used to hide behind the sofa. Like Whenever if, you were with your parents watching. Oh no, whatever, my parents weren't there because my mum was, My both my parents work, but like, like we would be, I'd be like, my sister and I would be watching it and oh, I'd, just, really? like, I'd nah. have to have percussions in front of my face, I'd be like, oh it's awful, I couldn't stand it. I, I just stand thought the they
0: kissing. were so, I thought the, the kids and neighbours were so urbane and so like sophisticated. yeah, were, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they had girlfriends and boyfriends, they and then they'd yeah. swap. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. one minute but they were yeah. with that one, and then the next one was switched yeah, over. Yeah. And oh, yeah. if only. I know. I such know. Exciting I life. know.
1: It's true. And the, but they all seem to live around a very small area. Their worlds were quite small, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So and there was
0: mentions of about two other places That weren't ever ever places seen. Places we ever see, yeah. you know. But the rest of it happened in that cul de sac. <laughs> yeah, it's i true. went there a couple of times. <laughs> did you? Yeah. What's it like? Just have a look. So small. Is it? You know, it looks it looks bigger than it really is. Yeah. And of course they just use the exterior. So they, they pay off the people who yeah, yeah. live in those houses to keep the, fronts the same and keep their curtains the same and all that that's so funny while they film it yeah God. and then all the interiors are all done over yeah yeah whatever.
1: well my mum was uh my mum was from oxford and we used to watch morse on a sunday night when ah, you know, it's yeah. to morse and she always used to find it hilarious that people would walk through like the entrance of one college and then they'd emerge in a completely different college because she knew where exactly. it was yeah it was like yeah. that's not the right place it's like it's <laughs> nonsense like uh yeah i mean interior and exterior is sort of doesn't yeah. matter no it doesn't matter
0: I was watching the American office this afternoon and uh, they were in a, at a conference in a hotel and I was like I've been in that hotel and then I thought nah I've been in lots of hotels in America yeah. and it's if it's part of a chain it probably looks exactly the same yeah, yeah, they said yeah. it was in Florida and I was like I've been in the and I recognized the corridors <laughs> and the way it was decorated, and yeah. I thought, "Nah, come on." Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's isn't it? probably four hundred. I of loved. Uh, have
1: you, have you seen um, what was it? That movie with Brad Pitt and the zombies? Um, uh, Zed. World yeah, World World yeah. Where was he? Where was he? Where it starts. We seen it, it starts no. in Glasgow, but they f- shot in, they f- in Glasgow, yeah. Glasgow. I love that. It's like Portland, isn't it? Maybe Portland, I think. Yeah, with and the American street yeah, signs. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's like I remember when that was being filmed, and I we would, I walked past it, and I just saw this like American street signs. It was Man, really that... weird. But like the fact that it was financially viable for them to just like bring Brad Pitt and all those extras and all those different people and those like it was cars was still
0: cheaper to do that. Yeah, yeah. Than to film it in the real place. I know that's that's wild to me. That's wild. And the other people in the background were all you know from Joker. Yeah. <laughs>
1: love that well that's the zombies that's all yeah. the zombies don't yeah, give God. them
0: any lines because you'll then you'll know you're not in
1: Portland anymore Toto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Exactly. yeah yeah
0: well do you know what
1: that's it that's it We're, yeah we just, we just talked for 45 minutes yeah then. it's gone yeah, there yeah. It's done and yeah. I'm going to go and see Pantone. now great so
0: let's do it I'm going to have time to get my dinner and everything
1: yeah well I've got to get home and um, cook things for children and stuff so well I wouldn't yeah. really want to keep you from that no no thanks very uh, much thanks very much man
0: Thank you to Ollie for battling the traffic and putting aside all his busy schedule for an hour to sit and talk to me about his, his work and his approach to it. And you know what? We, I'm sure we could have gone on another hour. i barely asked him anything about any details, but this is what happens. I don't see him very often and, and it was just as much us just having a wee catch-up. So hope you enjoyed listening to it um, and I hope you're well and I hope you're, you're peaceful um, in whatever you're doing. So that's about it from me. Um, we've had some really generous donations recently and I want to put a big special shout out to Marion Donohoe who's a big supporter of the show um Marion I don't know if I already mentioned you on social media sent you anything but um thank you very much for your ongoing support and the many other people who are can't, too numerous to mention by name, but um, the way that you can join them in supporting the show and it is, it is a growing following and it is going to make a big difference in the, in the months to come as we get bigger with the NTS partnership and so on. Um, you can go to the show's website, which is putting it together, cast.com click the yellow donate button and it takes you to PayPal. Everything is self explanatory from there. It can be a small donation, one off regular, big, whatever you want. So just click the donate button when you see it on the website, puttingittogethercast.com. In the meantime, if you're not following us on social media... P uh, I T C C pod, pet C C pod, I'm not sure why I spelled it out, uh, is our handle on Instagram and Twitter. And if you go to Facebook, you'll just search putting it together and you'll find our page there. Rosa Duncan, big shout out to her for her wonderful work on managing the social media. I couldn't do it without her. Um, a real star. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And uh, please do follow us for regular updates on what's happening. And sometimes we hint on what's coming next. You know, I don't tell you much. Um, but occasionally the social media just lets go a couple of wee secrets so it'd be worth being there to just see what's happening and of course 2020 is going to be an exciting year for the podcast um, we're, we're reaching new heights and uh, spreading our wings all over the place so yes do keep in touch with us and send me wee messages let me know how you're getting on um, I'd love to I'd love to hear from you and, and keep a dialogue going wee questions whatever you want so yes let's chat Uh, Pod Instagram and Twitter and remember the all important puttingittogethercast.com the yellow donate button is your friend and mine, so uh, thank you very much for listening, thanks for your continued support I hope you have a great Christmas if I don't speak to you, well I will speak to you on Christmas day but I won't speak to you before so I hope you have a really nice time uh, and there's peace and joy in your life and you're able to spread it to some other folks so until next week when it's panto time and Christmas time, I'll just say my usual cheerio now